Thank you for listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Please don't turn that dial. The following audio drama is rated R. Hi there and welcome to the Sonic Society. I'm Jack Ward. It's now David's turn to be busy with mechanicals. Now, actually, I should be truthful. He, he had a scheduling conflict, or rather, we had a scheduling conflict, and uh, so I'm kind of flying solo tonight. First, some news. Greetings, Jack and David and members of the Society. This is Matt, um, reviving a long-lost uh, tradition of... Uh, Dropping in and uh, just saying hi over a voicemail. Or, this isn't a voicemail. This is actually a voice memo that I'm recording on my phone since uh, Zugbude is um, retired, as at least for now. So, just want to say how much I enjoyed Biff Straker. And uh, I left a lot of the technology elements, uh, the whole with the chrononaut suit. Uh, I really enjoyed that. That was very cool. And I look forward to hearing the rest of what's in store for season 11. Holy cow, 11 years. Well, have a great day and uh, keep on casting. Talk to you guys later. Bye. You know, I'm never alone as long as I have Matt Leong listening. And, of course, all of you. Thanks so much for the kind words about Biff Straker, Matt. You know, since you sent this out just before episode two hit the air, it'd be nice to know what you think of Biff as he enters the 31st century. It's been a while since I've written a full series and uh, Spaceways, and I have a long ways to go before we're ending. Year Zero is on the feed one episode at a time, so please have a listen every other Friday night. Episode 3 will not be this Friday, but next. And it's brought to you by the amazing actors that act in it, of course, and the editing wizardry of Josiah Ambrose, and of course the original music of Sharon B. You know, it's quite a process, getting the voices, rough editing it together, and, and sending it off to Josiah so he can add in some additional sounds and to get it to beta status a week before release so we can get it to Sharon to work on the music for it, to send back to apply and, you know, tweak and change before the release on Friday night. You know, we're still working on getting the process smoothly down, but it's 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 been fun. It's been really fun. Uh, and, and thanks again for the call, Matt. You know, also, I knew the tech would be cool for you because <laughs> all of Matt's original audio dramas have cool tech, including the show he has coming up for International Radio Drama Day, which is October 30th, of course. Do you have plans yet? Something to consider? Other things for us to consider, the EVP podcast is on a short hiatus as we make some changes. Thanks to Tanya Malevich and Josh Price, we've been re-editing some of our old shows and putting them on evicuna.com. Go have a listen. I'm just about to record with Tanya one of my favorite scripts, Faith, and it should be a real doozy. Tomorrow night, I have a Skype date with Cayenne Chris Conroy of Technical Difficulties and John. Bell of Bells in the Bat Free for a remake of my script Clay Pigeon Shooting. What a great, 
great uh, cast that is. And I've already got three other shows re-edited thanks to Josh and Tanya, and one more in rough form from David and Erica. So, you know... <laughs> So very busy times in the EVP studios. Heck, I, I still have to sit down and finish writing some Halloween shows as time is getting by us too quickly. You know, speaking of time getting by, tonight's show is a little racier with the 4077th, or all better audio, and the Hangman's Dozen, and a new short from Eric Kershaw based on the classic adaptation, and the show's called Room for Three. So without further ado... On with the show. Avast there, ye lovers, for adult language, mild sexual situations, and extreme violence. This audio drama be rated R. All better audio. We're not just good, we're all better. Attention. Attention! This is a production from the 4077. Making audio sound all better. better. That is all. That is all. Just a traveler in this world of darkness. I too have taken that boat trip across those murky waters. I too have paid the ferryman. Have a seat, rest your weary bones, and listen to a tale I have for you. This is a post-apocalyptic time, and our characters are trying very hard to live through a storm that is tearing the world apart. Before the world decided to turn their backs on him and start following the false one, the world had been normal. Nine to five jobs, bumper to bumper traffic in the cities, vacations at a cabin by the lake. No storms, no winds ringing in the cries of the dead. For Richard, Gina, and Sarah surviving this long was an achievement made possibly only by prayers to him. I present to you, we who are his followers, based on a story by G. Wayne Miller.
year after the winds started blowing. A year after the voices could be heard howling through the night. A year after there was only sand. Endless, dry, sanctifying sand. The three of us made it to the Jersey Shore. I see a house, just up the beach. I don't know if I can walk anymore. You don't have a choice, Sarah. We aren't leaving you here to die, Sarah. Steady yourself on my arm. I'll try to help you up the hill. The door is locked! Not locked anymore. Richard! He doesn't just break the glass in the window, he pushes it out to litter the people's yard! <laughs> Come on. Both of you give me your hands, and I'll help you inside. The wind is blowing the sand through the broken window. Come here and help me move this cabinet in front of the window. There. That should do it. I'll find some candles and matches. It will be dark before long. <sighs> Two days of sitting around doing nothing. Eating sardines and canned peaches. Ah! I don't think my stomach can handle much more of this type of food. Stop. Both of you. Just stop complaining. You know he doesn't like it when his flock complains. This house reminds me of Grandma's. Two-story ranch house. One floor had the kitchen, living room, two bedrooms. Bottom floor was the basement. Built into the beach. Just like this one. Remember, Richard? <laughs> Maybe it is your grandmother's house. <laughs> no. <sighs> that house is in Newport, Rhode Island. Maybe we should look for it. You know how far Rhode Island is from Jersey? <laughs> it would take too long to travel. Come on, it'll be fun. Besides, better than just wandering around. Gives us an actual purpose. Yeah. What do you say, Richard? Sounds crazy to me. We aren't just wandering around aimlessly, Sarah. 
Then what do you call it, Richard? We're looking for him. And when we find him, we are going to apologize as a human race. Don't you understand? If we don't, we're all going to die. The world will be destroyed. How... How will we know it's him? When we find him, we'll know. We'll know in our hearts. Our bodies will react differently than we do. Been a long time since we ran into another person. Six months, maybe? We ran into that teenage boy. I told you not to bring that boy up, Sarah. I can't help it, Richard. I still think of... It was disgusting what you two did. If it was so disgusting, why did it feel so natural? We were fortunate. With him shoving the way, we escaped. Me, Gina, and Sarah, among the first of his true believers. The wind kept coming, and with purifying sand, the means of our sanctification spreading inland from both coasts, spreading toward the coasts from the Great Plains, killing trees and smothering crops, and filling reservoirs and choking the air. The migrations began then, entire towns on the march, band after band of frenzied, doomed heathens in search of food and water and sanity in a world that seemed to have gone mad. Gina, Sarah, and I, the three of us, seemed luckier than most. Of course, it was not luck. The strength of our faith kept us alive. Through visions, he delivered us safely to those buildings that still stood, still had canned goods, water, and shelter from the wind. Can you please stop tossing and turning? I can't get comfortable. This bed is like a slab of marble. Hey. I'm I'm sorry I hit you earlier. I know. I'm sorry I brought it up. Richard, when is this all going to end? I don't know, Sarah. Whenever we find him and apologize... God! Sarah, don't take his name in vain. We're not to say his name out loud. It's just... You say the same thing all the time. You're starting to sound like that guy on the radio when all this started last year. You got so angry when he called for a racial purge. He shot the radio. <laughs> If I knew then what I know now, I would have done what that man suggested. Oh, 
Oh, that was so funny, especially when Gina went on a rant and tried to claw your eyes out. <laughs> the two of you rolling around in that cabin, she kicked your ass. <laughs> I bet the two of you fought like that when you were kids. I'm... I'm not sure. Been so long I can't remember. Do you remember this? My hand doing this? Smack my hands. Listen. Listen to them. I can't. I, I can't go on like this anymore. He knew what we were about to do. True one, speak to me. Why do you awaken me? I... I have done as you said, true one. I have built my homage to you. I have fashioned the statue from straps of wood, given you pieces of my clothes. I have even given you my blood as you commanded. What do you want? You know what I want. You know what I want to ask. Ask it. Please, stop the storm. At least, help us to safety. I require for this feat of miracles. A sacrifice in the name of my glory is required for any miracle. I can't do that. And why have you called me? Sarah is like a sister to me. I, 
can't do it. When you have decided to end your misery and begin life of bliss with me, help them to divide their spirit for their bodies and bring them home to me. Then I can stop this storm. Call on me when you have made your decisions. I can't do it. Wine is pretty good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you're only saying that because you're drunk. The voices aren't calling out tonight. The wind seems to have subsided. Still, I hear the sand falling like pellets. Reminds me of the old days. The sound of hard-driven sleep on a pane of glass. When there was cold in winter. When there was snow. When people in a blizzard would gather round a hearth to make themselves merry. I'm not saying I miss those times. I'm just saying how the wind and sand sound. How, if you closed your eyes, you could imagine fluffy snow piling up outside. Christmas Eve, and stockings hung by the fireplace with care. Richard, come play cards with us. What are you playing? <laughs> I don't know. We're making it up as we go along. Hey, let's play poker. I haven't played that in a while. No betting. Okay. Want some wine? Yeah. Sure. Why not? This isn't wine. This is fermented apple juice. <laughs> Who cares? It's fermented enough to get you drunk. Richard drunk? Mr. Twelve Pack every two days? That's why you married me. So I could get you all the alcohol you wanted. You were a teetotaler when I met you. I wasn't allowed to drink. Or smoke or dance. My mom didn't believe in dancing. She believed in money. 
How many stepdads did you have before you were twelve? <laughs> Richard. Okay, yes, my mom was married a few times. A few? Seven times is not a few. I like Sarah's mom. You like everyone, Gina. <laughs> What's wrong with that? You don't like anyone. That's not true. I must like you. I could have left you in the city to die. Richard. You don't mean that. He doesn't mean that, Gina. Yes, he does. Richard means everything he says. He has very little regret about any of his actions. You should know this, Sarah. You're married to him. Hey, Richard, we found some cigars in the basement. Why don't you go get them? Cigar? <laughs> Haven't had a good cigar in a long time. No! <laughs> I, I'll, I'll get them. <laughs> no, Gene. It's obvious you are intoxicated from the apple juice. I can get them. Well, sit down and enjoy the day. <laughs> Please, Richard, I can get the cigars. I know exactly where they are. Richard, jeez. Why are you acting so guilty? What the hell is going on? No, Richard, don't go down there. Don't go down there. Don't. Go down there. <gasps> oh, Gina, what have you done? I knew it. It's it's so ugly, Richard. Richard, is that blood? Yeah, yeah, that's Gina's blood, all right. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I. I fucking knew it! An idol, Sarah! My own sister worshipping an idol! The false one! Richard! Richard! What are you going to do? Don't go. Come ah, here. Let go of my hair, you motherfucker! Richard, ah, let her go! Let go Stop let this! Let go of my hair, you motherfucker! Ow! Let me go! Let me go, you motherfucker! Let me go! Let me go! Ow! 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 Since you want to worship the false one, you can stay down there with your idol forever! had started. So many were like Gina. So many had turned their backs completely on him, and turned toward the false one, in the foolish hope 
that in that direction they would be safe, and the winds would stop, and the sands would retreat, and they could get back to the business of their lives. Candlelit vigils were in every public building. The airwaves were jammed with entreaties, offerings, services that went on through the night. Processions filled the city streets, already covered with a growing layer of sand and debris. Many of us who remained true were initially ridiculed and later arrested, and more than one of us put to death in gruesome spectacles that filled stadiums and malls. Gina, honey, please stop screaming. to her. You're only encouraging her. This, this is insane. She did this to herself. You saw the idol she made. You know what he asked her to do. No, what? What, what are you talking about? I heard her talking to herself. I didn't know what was going on. I just thought... Maybe it was a dream. I wasn't sure if I was lucid at the time, or... Regardless, I put things together when I saw that idol. What was she asked to do, Richard? The false one asked her to offer us up as a sacrifice. No. Sheena would not do that, Richard. She loves us. You really don't know a person until they're under the wrong influence. I still don't believe it. All of this is... is too surreal. Well, believe it, Sarah. It's all happening in front of your eyes. Together, we prayed. I don't know how sincere Sarah was. But together, we spoke the words he instructed us to say.
sorry, Richard. I really am. I, I don't know what happened. I swear. I won't do it again. I swear. This was the sixth night Gina was barricaded, with no windows and no other ventilation in that cellar. We heard her the first half of the night. Then, nothing. She was silent. No scratching on the cellar door. No shrieking. No breathing. Sarah and I fell asleep late that night. The voices of the dead did not bother us. It was dawn when I awoke. Sarah still slumbered. Something had happened while we slept. The wind had stopped. The sand as well. You could see the ocean. For the first time in a long time, you could breathe and not choke or cough. I'm sure you could see the mummified bodies of those who had doubted him. There were no more voices of the dead. Mostly, you could see one great white landscape, like a Vermont village after snow. But something else had happened that night. I awoke and I was naked. Sarah was naked as well. We were in each other's arms, and I vaguely remember being not only in her embrace, but doing something very disgusting. You know what you I have prayed. You did not answer me. You spoke to me as if you were speaking to the false one. No, I would never insult you. I have given you this world back, and this is how you repay me? I have repented. I have repented. It is not enough. I, I... I... I don't know what you want. She aroused you. You have to make a sacrifice. There is no other way. I... I am very confused. I, I don't... She is my... wife. Where... You sinned! You know what must be done.
I found a knife in the kitchen, one with a long wooden handle and a rusty blade a foot long. I went back to Sarah, knelt beside her softly. I found her left arm hanging from the covers. I mustered up enough strength and pressed the blade at the wrist of the hand to hit around me. waited for Sarah to regain consciousness, and then I led her by her good arm, outside in the bright new day. She did not protest. I knew in time he would welcome Sarah back in his prayer. We walked along the beach, walked south, walked toward the land. Land he had promised us. We who are his followers. The Hangman's Dozen was created by Mark Slade. We Who Are His Followers starred Terence Dry as the Spirit, David Schutz II as Richard, Rachel Rumler as Sarah, Laura Nicole as Gina, Jeff Niles as the False One and Him. Based on a short story by G. Wayne Miller, written and directed by Mark Slade. Music by Carpenter's Notch. It has been years since science delivered the answers to old age, disease, and degeneration. Suddenly, death came only by accident or by choice. But when overpopulation became a problem, a very real problem, it resulted in policies of population control. Now, 
all births are required to be met by a volunteer for death. Someone to vacate their position on this world to make room for another. One in, one out. This is the way it has come to be. The maternity ward of the Chicago Lying In Hospital is a pretty quiet place these days. I was only there to paint a mural. But Mr. Welling, he was there for his children. Excuse me, Mr. Welling? Yes. A doctor Hitz asked me to let you know that he'll be here to speak with you very soon. Okay. Wow! Hey, that new mural is amazing! The gardens are beautiful! Everyone is pitching in to do their part. Looks so perfect, so real. I can practically imagine I'm standing in the middle of it. What makes you think you're not in it? It's called the Happy Garden of Life, you know? Oh, that's Dr. Hitz there, isn't it? He's so handsome, such a striking man. You've really done him well. There are still so many faces to be filled in. Are, are they all coming from here in the hospital? No, not all of them. These figures here, the ones in white, planting and tilling the soil... They're the doctors and nurses from here at the hospital. But these other figures here, the ones in purple, pruning and weeding, they'll be members from the local, uh, you know, down at the easy go. Oh, right, of course. It must be nice to be able to make such beautiful murals. You think I'm proud of this? This drivel? Do you think this is my idea of what life is really like? <sighs> well, then, what is your idea of what life looks like? This. This drop cloth I'm standing on? That's a good picture of it. All splatter and chaos. Frame that, and you'll have a picture a damn sight more honest than this thing on the wall. Well, you're a gloomy old Gus, ain't ya? that a crime, is it? Hey, if you don't like it here, Grandpa, you know what they say. To be or not to be. It's not just the question. It's the contact number. When I decide it's time to go, it won't be down at the sheep dip. I can tell you that. You won't catch me taking a trip down to the cannery. Oh, a do-it-yourselfer, eh? Messy business there, Grandpa. Why don't you have a little consideration for the people left behind, you know? The ones who clean up after you? The world could use a good deal more mess if you ask me. Good luck with that, Grandpa. Yeah. But I better get back to work Stop. now. Who cares? Did you say something there, buddy? Sorry, I didn't catch that. Huh? No, nothing. Excuse me, is this where I'm supposed to come? Well, that would depend... And I'm going to guess from your purple PJs that you're not here to have a baby. The Bureau of Termination Office told me that I was supposed to pose for some picture here. My name is Leora Duncan. And you, Dunk, 
people. Excuse me? Uh, nothing. Skip it. Uh, hold on. I, I've got the list here. Duncan, Duncan, Duncan. Uh, yeah, yeah, here we are. Ah, it says that you are entitled to be immortalized. Do you see any faceless body here you'd like me to stick your head on? Hmm, gee, they're all the same to me. I don't know anything about art. A body is a body, eh? Okay, as a master of the fine arts, I recommend this one here, bringing the dried stalks to the incinerator. Well, that's more disposal people, isn't it? I'm in service. I don't do any disposing. <laughs> you say you don't know anything about art, and then in the next breath you prove you know more than I do. Of course the sheave carrier is wrong for the hostess. A snipper. A pruner. That's more your line. Here. This figure here, pruning the branch from the apple tree? How about her? Oh my, that puts me right next to Dr. Hitz. And that upsets you? Good gracious, no. It's such an honour. Ah, you admire him then? Who doesn't admire him? Such a handsome and distinguished man. At 240 years old, he's still as fit and healthy as any man in his prime. And you do know, of course, that it was Dr. Hitz who was responsible for setting up the first municipal gas chamber in Chicago. Nothing would please me more than to put you next to him for all time. Here, sawing off a limb. Does that strike you as appropriate? Well, that is kind of like what I do. What you really do is make people comfortable while you kill them. Excuse me? Uh, uh, nothing. I was just saying that you should make yourself comfortable. Well, well, Miss Duncan, what are you doing here? This isn't where people go out. This is where they come in. Oh, Dr. Hitz, um, we're going to be in the same picture together. Good. And say, isn't that some grand picture? I sure am honoured to be in it with you, Dr. Hitz. Let me say, I'm honoured to be in it with you as well. Without women like you... This wonderful world we've got wouldn't be possible. I salute you, Miss Duncan. Oh, Miss Duncan, guess what was just born? Um, I can't. Triplets, Miss Duncan. Triplets! Triplets? That means three volunteers for the Bureau of Termination. Have the parents made the arrangements? Last I heard they had one, uh, but we're trying to scrape up another two. Oh, I don't think they made it. Nobody made three appointments with us. Nothing but singles coming through today. Unless somebody called after I left, what's the name? Welling. Edward K. Welling Jr. is the name of the happy father-to-be. Ah, Mr. Welling, I didn't mean to. Yeah. Mr. Welling, I've just had message that your triplets have been born. Uh, they're all fine. So's the mother. Um, we can go see them now if you want. <laughs> Hooray. You don't sound very happy, Mr. Welling. What man wouldn't be happy in my position? All I have to do is decide which of my three children is to survive, and then deliver my maternal grandfather to the happy hooligan, and finally come back here with a receipt. You don't believe in population control, Mr Welling? Oh, I think it's just marvellous. Well, would you like to go back to the good old days, when the population of the Earth was 20 billion, about to go to 40 billion, then 80 billion, 160 billion? Do you know what a druplet is, Mr Welling? <laughs> no. 
A druplet, Mr. Welling, is one of those knobs, one of those little pulpy grains of a blackberry. Without population control, human beings would be packed on the surface of this planet like druplets on a blackberry. Think of it. Back when the water was running out and the people fought over scraps of seaweed to eat, before the scientists stepped in and laid down the law, back then, people still insisted on their right to reproduce like jackrabbits and their right, if possible, to live forever. I want those kids... I want all three of them. Of course you do, Mr. Welling. That's only human. And I don't want my grandfather to die either. Nobody's really happy about taking a close relative to the cat box, Mr. Welling. I wish people wouldn't call it that. What? I wish people wouldn't call it the cat box and other things like that. It gives people the wrong impression. Oh, my apologies, Miss Duncan. Um, You're absolutely right. Please forgive me. I should use the proper name. Uh, Ethical Suicide Studio. That sounds much better. This child of yours, Mr Welling, whichever you decide to keep, he or she will live on a happy, roomy, clean, rich planet thanks to population control. In a garden, like that mural there. Two centuries ago, when I was a young man, it was a hell that nobody thought could last another 20 years. Now, centuries of peace and plenty stretch before us as far as the imagination cares to travel. Mr Welling! Well, there's room for one. A great big one. Please, no! It's only death, Miss Duncan. Now, that's room for two. And for the third of my dear children. Goodbye. At first, I couldn't move down from my painter's ladder. I was struck by the contrast of the sudden silence after the chaos. I was struck by the brutality of what had just occurred in front of me. I was struck by the hypocrisy of life so demanding to be born, so demanding to multiply, so demanding to live forever, and yet so willing to deny that to another. The wants of mankind weigh heavy on such a small planet, and I can see no good coming from it. I mused for a moment on the thought, That in the end, for me, it wouldn't be sacrifice. It wouldn't be duty. No, I was simply tired. That's a fine mess you've made there, Mr. Welling. A fine mess indeed. You know, you may be onto something there. But not like that. Okay, Nexie, call the cat box. Would you like to call the Federal Bureau of Termination? Yes. Connecting. Ethical Suicide Studio, how may I help you today? How soon can I get an appointment? We could probably fit you in late this afternoon, sir. It might be sooner if we get a cancellation. All right. Fit me in. Thank you, sir. Your city thanks you, your country thanks you, and your planet thanks you. But the deepest thanks of all is from future generations. Now if I could just get some details, sir. You have been listening to Room for Three, an audio drama adaptation of the Kurt Vonnegut short story, To Be or Not To Be, 
Room for Three is the first audio drama adaptation created by the gang behind Malthus the Fictional. Audio drama adaptation written, produced, and directed by me, Eric Kershaw. Music by Andrew Nolan, and featuring the voices of John Dick as The Orderly, David Schilt as Mr. Edward K. Welling Jr., Eric Kershaw, that's me, as The Painter, Kelly Medhurst as Leora Duncan, Andrew Nolan as Dr. Hitz, and Geo Chan as The Operator. For more information and future releases, find Malthus the Fictional on Facebook and probably pretty soon other social media outlets too. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed our first and stay tuned for more. And that's our show for this week in the Sonic Society. Join us next week at the same time, as well as catch a new episode of Sonic Speaks on Sunday. And of course, Biff Straker episode three, The Fallen Angel a week Friday, you know, hit up our Twitter feed, join the Facebook group and the EVP Facebook group because it's feeling a little more lonely for new notices of new releases. Head to evicuna.com for any news. You might even want to try jackjward.com at some point. And please, someone tell David, I miss him and we miss him. Until then, I'm Jack Ward for EVP and the Sonic Society saying good night and take care of yourself. The Sonic Society is written and produced by Jack J. Ward and David Ott, with original music provided by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society through Creative Commons licensing. The Sonic Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. I'm Persephone Rose, executive producer for Postal Roach and the creator of Emperor Pigs. I'm a huge fan of audio drama. And if you're listening to this right now, I've got a sneaking suspicion you might be too. So make sure your headphones are plugged in tight because you're going to want to hear this. From July 24th through the 26th in 2020, producers, directors, composers, writers, actors, technicians, and fans of audio drama are gathering together for the world's first international modern audio drama convention in Halifax, Nova Scotia. This is going to be amazing. If you like panels, there's going to be panels. Workshops, they've got them. Studio sessions, swag events, live performances, and most importantly, all your favorite creators are going to be there. You can get all the details and purchase your tickets online at www.madcon.com. That's M-A-D hyphen C-O-N dot com. See you at MadCon.